0: Thank you Rabbi Przezanski B'shuz Mori Rabbi Rav Shlita Distinguished Rabbonim, ladies and gentlemen We're both given very difficult tasks Frankly I think mine is easier one, But nonetheless, it is daunting and it is challenging I'd like to present to you this evening timeless halacha but of course highly related to our times the words pruravu are found more than once at the beginning of Sefer Beratius ruv" as you all know is the very first mitzvah found in the Torah but pruravu you must be constantly mindful of that, it's not only a mitzvah, but it's also a bracha. It's a blessing from Hashem. Vayavarech, the Torah says. It's a bracha. Not every individual is privileged, individually, to merit this bracha. Let us keep this in mind, as we frame our discussion. The Gemara tells us in Masech Yavamos that the mitzvah of Pru Ravu is fulfilled technically when a man is blessed with a son and a daughter what about beyond a son and a daughter? so the Gemara tells us that even if a person has a son and a daughter nonetheless he should not refrain from having additional children an ongoing responsibility even into what the Gemara calls older age and as the proof text indicates what are the parameters of this elusive obligation for what we understand is a technical obligation that's found in the Torah, a boy and a girl you have to do everything to fulfill it even Salah Sefer Torah we are taught in the Gemara what about this additional mitzvah of La'erah Valtanach Yerdecha so according to the text of Tosvis that La'erah Valtanach stands in somewhat in contradistinction distinction to the Mishnah itself there is a chiyuv, an obligation to fulfill it which is even, which even warrants the selling of a Sefer Torah this is yours quoted in the Shulchan Aruch Evan HaEzer in sivches. the Rif based upon his Girsah that the Mishnah and this law are not in any disagreement considered it to be a Mitzvah something which is laudatory something which we really should do but does not quite reach the level of a khir, of a full obligation and therefore does not warrant the selling of a Sefer Torah. The Ritva, in his commentary on Masech the Sakhti Yavamas, says, yes, it is a chilf, it's an obligation, but it is a rabbinical obligation. Pur Revu is a Torah obligation. And Al is a rabbinical obligation. Nonetheless, as we read in the footnotes on the Ritva. I believe that's the correct interpretation, the obligation is rabbinic in nature, but the fulfillment is a Torah fulfillment. As Rav, as the al used to say, it's a Chiyuv de rabbanon, but a kiyum de Oraisah. Based upon all of this, there's a remarkable true Masadeshen, which is cited by the Ramah, in that very same sif Shulchan Aruch quotes two opinions with respect to this obligation of do you sell the Sefer Torah or do you not? based upon the Rishonim and their respective girsos, comes the Ramoah and says quoting from the Truma Masadesha what happens if an individual was previously married and now is entering into a Zivuk Sheni a second marriage and there are two possibilities as he's looking for a marriage partner a Bas Bonim and a Lav Bas Bonim a woman who's of childbearing age and one who's past the childbearing years says the Tumas Adeshen that if one evaluates the situation honestly and finds that if he will marry a woman and have more children and they will have to interact with his present family it will lead to a kitata There will be constant bickering, as sometimes exists between stepchildren and stepparents. Then it is permissible for him to choose a woman who is a lav bas bonan, who is too old to bear children. Yes, he must be married, Lotov sa adam levado at any age, but if he finds that having additional children, if you will, a second family will impinge on the Shalom in his existing family unit he's not required to do so goes back to an interesting source we know there's a mitzvah of yibum, but the alternative of Chalitza and the Gemara, according to one opinion, says that chalitza b'mokom yibum is eina mitzvah and yet in situations which may lead to a ketata you give an individual a proper etza to choose chalitza over yibum that is the proof text of the Truma Masadesha the Vilnagon quotes it and adds something which is already found in the Truma Masadesha itself although the Ramad does not quoted it directly Hebrew is a mitzvah da'araisa le'erev al-tanach yadecha is a chiyuv and even if it's a mitzvah da'araisa it's not a chiyuv da'araisa so again there may be two levels maybe rabbinical obligation and a fulfillment of a an additional Torah commandment but despite all of that it does not warrant a katata, a fight in the family seems to me this I have not found in print that this ruling should not be limited to a second family What about the present intact family this happens occasionally Rabbanim get questions a couple comes to them, they have X number of children assume they have fulfilled through and perhaps even then some and now the question becomes should they attempt to have additional children as well a serious question and if they come to the roof sometimes they're both coming just to hear what he has to say but sometimes because of the disagreement between them and they're us to resolve the disagreement it's much harder we do not like to generalize but I must tell you that, in my experience, usually, we follow, in either direction, the desire of the woman. There's a mostly male audience here, but that is what, that is what happens when they come to me. Which means, if the woman says, I'm simply unable to have more children at the present time, and gives a, a, a reasonable explanation. And the man, either out of you know, religious zeal, or some, based on some other desire, we should have more children. What's so important to have children. You heard the rabbi say it's so important for Christ so to have children. Of course it's true. But he's not carrying the children. He's usually not home to take care of the children. It's very nice he wants to be what we'll call in Yiddish, Atzadik At Avyanim's Cheshbon and therefore I cannot buy into that (coughs) request on his part in my view and we will try to document it soon if the woman has a reasonable explanation why at this time to the exclusion of a future date or even at this time extending indefinitely she feels unable to have an additional child why it is her that it is her view which should determine even if it is against the expressed wishes of her husband I also believe that the opposite is true there are many, many women Noshim Tzitkaniyos Peschar, Noshim Sitkanios, Nikolah, Moseinah, Mitzrayim we are about to read about Pesach and the Gemara tells the Masech Sota it was not that they were saying, tell him all day it's explicit in the Talmud this Noshim Tzitkaniyos because they were willing to have children when their husbands were not and they encouraged him, it's actually a Rashi we read yesterday in Pasha's VaYakil, the Mara Sotovos. and Rashi is quite uh, explicit and therefore I feel that she has a desire to have additional children and her husband says, as we often hear, I can't afford it I don't have 90 donkeys maybe not even one nonetheless I feel that if she has this desire to bring additional Jewish children into the world which is so so important again we should follow her how will he manage Rabbi Schefter will take care of <laughs> I'd like to cite for you a piske tshuva in Eben or Ezer, Simon hay Sivkotn Yud Aleph, quoting a Hassam Sofer. A woman had particular pain in her pregnancy and childbirth. May she take contraceptive measures? Says a chassam Sofer, in principle, yes but there's a problem a woman has a responsibility to her husband and her husband has a responsibility to uphold the halacha of having at least two children for Pururu and maximally as many as possible says a chasam Sofer in the time of the Talmud it wasn't such a big problem because a man had an option in such a circumstance of taking a second wife today Rabbi El has foreclosed that option therefore she has this responsibility to her husband she has to have his permission and if not what's his alternative? look he needs to have more children she refuses in the worst case situation it will lead to a divorce but what if it was a game of chicken he doesn't want to divorce he loves her he also wants to have more children, but he loves his wife. He doesn't want to give her a get. And he doesn't want to give her a either. He says no to both. you have heard this before. The man says no get. I won't give it to you. I, I love you. But no permission to refrain from having children. That's his stance. Says the Chasam Sov, and I quote. Atzma. She is not obligated to bring herself into pain because of the obligation she has to her husband and he has a caveat the Chasam was not discussing a typical case but an atypical case where the pain of pregnancy of childbirth and I would like to add child rearing is more than the average in this kind of a case the woman is not obligated to fulfill the wishes of her husband. And then come the four last words, the most important words of all. <laughs> ra'os End quote. According to the understanding of the mora, of the rabbi who is pastoring the Shiloh. We see from this Chassam Sofer two critical, critical points. Number one, a woman is not obligated to be a baby factory putting out a child on an assembly line basis number two we see that decisions of this type are questions which are governed by halacha and as such deserve a halachic answer by a competent roth not an ad hoc or sometimes arbitrary answer by a husband and wife. Both of these themes are clear in this brief citation from the Chassam Sofer. I must tell you that I have a Sefer with me called Nishmas Avraham, a wonderful Sefer. On this page, page Nun Ches, he quotes the Chassam Sofer. And he opens the next page as follows the following sentence. I'll read the sentence verbatim it's clear, at least to him that there's no permissibility to use contraceptive methods when the reason for it is financial or what he calls family planning or spacing children to me it is not at all so barur it is not at all so clear how can one take away the option of Ra'os Ene Hamora of the Chassam Sofer and although it is true that the Chasam Sofer's case in particular is one of extraordinary pain in either pregnancy or childbirth it seems to me that it should not be limited to these two specific cases but rather it should be generalized interestingly on the very next page it begins page Samach quoting from the Chazon Ish in the name of the Chazon Ish that after a child is born it is permissible to use all kinds of contraception even a diaphragm in order to space children somewhat and to wait either six months or a year even if there are no medical complications whatsoever the explanation given is that having children very very quickly one after the other is itself a quote suffix, sakana," potential for danger it's important to note that Rav Hankin is quoted as extending this time period when we say we have to talk about Kefal Ashiurim this time of month of Nisan he doubled this year to two years and where did you get two years from? from the Gemara because the Gemara said traditionally women would nurse for two years and during the nursing period as a rule they would not bear children so therefore it stands to reason that even if a woman is not nursing or her nursing is not complete and it's not contraceptive in nature that the two year benchmark should still stand now it is true that this permissibility is predicated on the assumption that the particular method of contraception that's being used is not a violation of halacha let me explain it in, in our language when a couple decides not to, to try not to have additional children they have the two problems to worry about an error of omission and an error of commission omission simply not having more children commission if the method that they're using presents a halachic problem the chazanish is consistent with his opinion expressed elsewhere that a diaphragm does not constitute a halachic problem in Particular circumstances based upon the marechal. Yeah, Rabbi Feldman wrote an entire book on this, on this topic. Rabbi Mershi disagrees very strongly. And therefore, when he hears these rumors are spreading that people allow you to use a diaphragm for two years, and there's a psalm in Europe, it's not true, it's a sheker. He only means that the method which in his opinion is prohibited would not allow for this but if a different method were to be used he doesn't express particular disagreement to the principle which Rav Hankin enunciates it's not the time to go into all the various methods of birth control that's, that's for a different topic I'm not sure if Torah is willing to handle that one but uh, it seems that the, a, a general consensus although far from unanimously accepted is that we can find leniencies, when appropriate, for all of these methods of birth control, such as the, the diaphragm, such as the IUD, and the spermicides, with the very important exception of the condom, which is a serious, serious halachic problem, and certainly the exception of surgeries, which will permanently render a woman uh, infertile, or a man for that matter. That's not allowed. Those are errors of commission. But the others are, at least according to some authorities, only errors of omission, which again are serious errors, if they are in fact errors. It seems to me, to go back to my Truma Adesham, that although financial considerations in and of themselves should not be taken into account, and many of our recent authorities have expressed it in many different ways, Rabbavadhyaya, Rice, Mandi chai, yoiv Mizoni, comes from chazal He, the Raonish will give life, will give sustenance, and therefore money in and of itself should not be taken into account when one is determining whether to attempt to have more children or not. But as I mentioned before, the idea of Kitata, the idea of, of disagreements within a family, is a very serious one. And it seems to me that disagreements can have many sources some legitimate and some not legitimate is money a legitimate reason for a particular member of the couple to say ad Khan? no more at least the present time that, again as it seems to me is hako lefira os ene that's where Rabbanim have to be called in to ask a question not a Rav who is going to answer you on the internet but a Rav who knows who you are and knows your situation is able to give a considered answer which is appropriate for you you the husband, you the wife you the potential father, you the potential mother as I mentioned earlier, I do not believe it's appropriate in most cases for a husband to create a katata over this if his wife wants to have more children and it's based on a wonderful maternal instinct a wonderful Jewish ideal and he's counting his dollars, I don't count as cookies or a but I count much more slowly, but my figure may be higher. Nonetheless, I believe that the husband would do well to exceed to the desires of his wife. Again, as a general principle, every case has to be judged unto itself nor should a woman say to her husband we cannot have any more children because we can't afford them I do not believe that is a proper pasture again generally speaking nonetheless the more the thereof has to take into account any such pasture by a man or a woman and try to guide them to reach a mutually agreed upon decision This, of course, is referring to the general situation. We said earlier that within a given amount of time after a previous child, whether it be six months, a year, or two years, uh, I believe that based upon health considerations and both physical and emotional health, that there are ample grounds in nearly all situations to accede to the wishes of the wife in particular when she wishes to have some breathing space between children. If they ask, Rabbi, whatever you say, we, 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 we want to follow Das Torah. What do you say about this? So I would say, if asked, and I am sometimes asked the question in this fashion, usually not, but sometimes yes, based on my consultations with expert physicians in the field, that up to one year up to the child's first b- birthday, it is medically advisable for the couple to wait before embarking upon an additional pregnancy. This is not to prohibit Khalila once from trying earlier. But it is to say that even proactively, before the couple is, you know, begging for a head, quote-unquote, we could say that up to a year, the medical profession, again, that I've consulted, and there are probably many doctors in the room who can express their opinions uh, subsequently, that waiting for a year is something which is advisable by the medical profession and as such by the halacha as well. This covers the first part of my topic, which is how many. But the second part is when. And when, aside from the space in which we've discussed already, has two endpoints the end and the beginning. Let us go in that order. The end and the beginning. They say, Ad Admosai. How long is a couple required to continue to attempt to have children? Obviously, there's a certain cutoff point which the Kaddish Baruch Hu decides. Which of course can vary dramatically from woman to woman, as even those who are not part of the medical profession know know too well. But Ad Masai once again, I believe, it's the woman's call. Just this past week, I met someone at a simcha exactly a week ago, and he says that the couple had consulted with a makubal in Eretz Yisrael about certain personal matters, and the mekubel said, you have to try having more children, you have to have more children, you have to have more children. And they came to me, and they say to me you know uh, she says I'm 38 years old I'm really worn down and I just don't think I have it within me to undertake an additional pregnancy at this point am I a sinner the makubo said yes but I said no they were very they were smiling from ear to ear woman says she's worn down, she has a house full of children, she's 38 years old now her biological clock may enable to have children for 10 more years but she says I don't have the kayak to do it anymore knowing the couple as I do from the time of their marriage I know him way before the marriage I felt it was a a reasonable request on her part this doesn't mean this is the only answer if she would want to have children I would give her a bracha but yes, there is a measure of personal decision making within the halachic realm you not subscribe to the view that everything is cut and dry, everything is us or a mutter this is something which is a mitzvah on one hand as we said before, at the very least a mitzvah but it can be balanced by other mitzvahs and other considerations and needs and so a while ago Rabbi Aviner from Eretz Israel wrote a piece in his local newspaper in Beit those who know the Beit population these are the Yotze Merkaz HaRav who have taken upon themselves this mission of Pruvu in the maximalist way and yet roabine noticed a significant drop off in the fertility rate in his yeshuv significantly before it would reflect a medical reality. He did some homework, as a good Rav should do, and he found out what the reason was. Women were afraid of having unhealthy children. And yes, we all know that there is a, an elevated risk of certain problems, particularly Down syndrome, particularly for what we call grand multi Paris, women who have had significant numbers of children. And this was literally preventing new children from being born at the Klal Yisro. And he wrote something very bold. He said, I'm pastoring for everyone in my yeshuv, and I guess for anyone who wants to hear his voice, that if that's your consideration, not that you're worn down, not that you're tired, you're simply afraid. I have a nice family, everybody is healthy, why take a chance? We've seen so many situations where they have X, and it's that X plus one that turns the whole life upside down, topsy-turvy. I Paskani said, such a couple should conceive and into pregnancy, should do amniocentesis test for doubt, which can be tested and if Khalilah, test tests positive come to me, we'll discuss it and if I, f- I feel that given your personal situation it's too difficult to bring that child into this world we can talk about possibilities of termination very very high stakes but nonetheless he writes I'm doing this to bring more children into Qal Yisrael. and the doctor who works with him told me it was a somewhat successful approach that the birth rate went up probably there were certain cases a few here and there where there may have been certain terminations others took the baby to term we're not discussing now the halachas of abortion. That's for another topic yet. And obviously if you hold that abortion is murder, as, 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 uh, as Moshe did and others, this, this won't work. But if you view, it seems to be a very significant position in halacha, that abortion is a, a Torah violation, but a violation of what we call Chavala, wounding, while wounding is permissible, what we call the Tzarech. People do it all the time. Posts dis- disagree what's called the Tzarech obviously an operation for health is a tzoruch. if it's cosmetic, not so clear what about over here? so you gotta factor the whole picture, the big picture if issuing a prohibitive ruling in this case is gonna lead to the elimination of thousands of Jewish children who could otherwise be brought into Klai Yisrael that's also a tzoruch. I'm not here to either endorse or criticize Rabbi 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 Avineir's approach Though it does ring a bell for me, it's something which I believe should be publicized.
1: (coughs) I now want to come to my
0: final point, which is not ad masai but mi masai, not until when, but from when. And here I have a particular point of view which I want to explain to the best of my ability Rav Shekhtar Shlita has written well over two decades ago that a couple should attempt to fulfill the mitzvah of Pur as soon as possible because of a halachic consideration called Shihui mitzvah lo ma'shinon we have an opportunity to fulfill a mitzvah once in a lifetime we have no right to delay it rather we should attempt to fulfill it as soon as possible this is certainly Rav Schechter's words we do not need my my uh, agreement they stand for themselves but I want to speak from a somewhat different point of view and that is when a couple gets married And comes to ask. By practicing birth control. I say to them. Are you sure. That you're able to have children. A sobering thought. But even in today's world. Of remarkable technology. Everyone in this room knows of a couple. That unfortunately. Unfortunately. Despite all of their. Hishtadlis, including high-tech, and all of their tefillahs, including crying and tehillim, have not yet been blessed. As I said at the beginning, Puravu is not only a mitzvah, it's a bracha. And until one is blessed with at least one child, how does one know whether the systems are, are working? There's no way to know. This being the case, one might take a somewhat more liberal approach once a couple has had one child even if they haven't yet fulfilled Pururu as we mentioned before even though it's supposed to fulfill the as as soon as possible but the word is as possible and that may include some of the medical considerations of which we spoke earlier waiting for six months, waiting for a year, maybe even waiting for two years at that stage in life If one asks the doctors, and I have, and it's printed, what is the single most important factor in predicting fertility or the lack thereof? The single most, there are many factors, the single one is, you know, maternal age, the age of the mother. The younger, the better. The older, not better. We've all read about families They've attempted to be started later in life which is certainly very common in the non-Torah world, the non-Jewish world they first begin in the 30s and they have so many problems so many problems the rate of infertility is so much higher it's not just a matter of the mitzvah it's a matter of good advice good halachic advice and good personal advice because halacha wants children and the, the couple wants children Except that right now, given the exigencies of the time and place, given their youth, they're not thinking clearly enough. Their perspective is not broad enough or long enough. I want to conclude my remarks with two final points about this critical, critical question. The first, I'd like to quote to you from a very recently published book only in this, the press a few weeks ago it's called Thinking Aloud it is the musings if you will, of my Rabbi Rav Salavashik Zechet Sadik Levracha which are recorded by his Talmud, his Talmud is named Rabbi David Holzer, walked around with a tape recorder, the Rav knew he had the tape recorder and he has a remarkable volume those who want to look it up I'll be quoting from page 94 to 99 and since he's also on the tape he quotes himself a couple of people wanted appointments this week someone wanted to ask was shayla with his collar he told me a little about what it was about he wants to know if they can use birth control methods I know it's a major problem do you want to handle it no his problem is monetary I don't like the Shiloh. What are you supposed to tell people in these situations? I don't want a paskin. this. There are good medical reasons. Those I want a Pasch. It's verbatim. In other words, the basis for it should be only medical. There should be no other basis. May Iker Hadin, yes. You can expand the concept of medical to take in mental anxiety. But there is a limit there. Can monetary considerations enter it? Enter it? Are you allowed to enter them? To bottle the halacha? No. Usually the shiloh comes up now, as a matter of fact, in that the later the woman conceives, the greater the chance of having an abnormal baby. This, I'm not taking any medical responsibility for this, so the footnote talks about it. And the younger she is, the better the chance of having a healthy baby so that one doesn't push me, you understand. I know a couple who practice birth control against my advice and when they turned their minds to have a baby, it was too late. It happens, I tell them. Take a look at the anxiety, the frustration of a childless couple who will do anything to get a baby. They will go to corrupt places. They will pay money in order to get the baby. They will fight in the courts. And now you are free to have a child. Let's start with the first child. The next child we'll worry about later. At least you have a child. You know you will not have to adopt a child. When I saw this, my my eyeballs popped out. This is exactly what I've been saying to people for decades, not knowing that the Rav ever made this statement. And a final citation from the Ravs the natural way is the best way I understand the Shaila is a shadow, and the mother has three or four children and simply there is no money to feed them not only feed them but she's tired, exhausted, close to mental breakdown from attending to the children now these are obviously just musings aloud he wasn't, wasn't parsing his words so precisely but you see I believe some evidence of what I was saying that money, before he said you can't, money cannot bother Allah all of a sudden money is playing a role over here no here it's money as a contributory factor to katata and to emotional stress. When it's a mental breakdown, then I understand the question. And I will try to be as lean as possible. But if the couple, not because they don't have the money to take care of their immediate needs, but simply because the baby interferes with their plans, dot, dot, dot. Citation X. is quite a remarkable quotation from a book which is literally hot off the press. And I want to conclude this part of the presentation, about from when, with the following story. This story took place, I'm guessing around the same time that the Rav had his conversation with Rabbi Holzer, close to 30 years ago, when I received a phone call from someone whom I knew casually from Camp Morasha. says, Rabbi, I'm, I'm engaged, I want to come with my colleagues to ask you a question. Said, fine, come. He came on the Motsoi Shabbos, I remember it like yesterday. Walks into my study. Him, I knew I didn't know the woman at all. Wonderful. Carla? Fine. They had to talk about birth control. I said, you know, you really should go elsewhere. <laughs> no? I said, you really should go elsewhere. You know. We decided, my Carla and I, that whatever you say, goes. So I'm giving you a last chance to go elsewhere. No. They insist on hearing what I had to say. So I told what I said. Unless the woman's health is endangered, and there are such cases, a couple has no halakhic right to attempt contraceptive means upon their marriage. I said, you have one child, worry about it later. Little did I know, it's caught in the rough. Okay. I see that she's teary. What can I do? to give in to a teary woman was a mistake of other Marisha who gave in to as as a Medvish the Medvish, the so I remained you know, what can I do, unyielding and they walk out the door I lost track of them completely but a totally different part of the city about 10 years later I met them at a yeshiva dinner and they called me over and said we'd like to speak to you privately this is how the conversation went I remember this I guess, yesterday also do you remember us? I said yes do you remember when we came to speak to you before we got married? I said, yes. Do you remember what the topic was? I said, yes. The man reaches into his pocket, pulls out his wallet, opens it up, and shows me a picture of five delicious children, and tells me the following story. So you walked out of your study into the car. My Kala, now my wife, burst into uncontrollable sobbing. She simply not, could not compose herself because of the particular circumstance of, of their, of their marriage, she felt she just didn't have the emotional strength. Money wasn't even really so much of an issue. have the emotional strength to have a children, she would be absent a lot, whatever the details don't matter right now. She was crying and crying and crying. I couldn't, I couldn't calm her down for a long time. But, we had agreed to do whatever you said. And thanks to you, we have these five delicious children. Who knows what would have happened had our lives gone on a different course we're here to thank you and beyond that we're here to tell you whenever a couple comes to answer this question please tell them our story what's the essence of the story that people in their early twenties early to mid twenties don't have that longer perspective They don't realize at that time, whatever the problems are, whether it be financial, whether it be emotional, whether it be careers, his career, her career, right now it looms very large in their list of priorities. and They can't imagine giving it up after so many years of going through high school and college and maybe grad school, professional school. What? To give it up? To get off the fast track, if you will? They can't see it they can't see it because their perspective is somewhat limited that's what this couple is telling me now with ten years later, with thank God five children later, they have thank God more children since then they have grandchildren Baruch Hashem tell everybody that this is the proper way to go and whatever difficulties there are in having children and raising children and yes affording children it's all worth it my time is up I want to give a blessing to everybody in the audience. We should p- be privileged to fulfil the mitzvah provo- properly. We should be worthy of a Khaj Baruch Bracha. We all have our emotional here. We all know couples who don't have any children. We have to daven for them. And most of all, all of us should be Zouchair to see Bonim Ubane Bonim Oskim Betorah Uvam Thank you.